Welcome to the Futurist Public Intellectual. The Supreme Court last week officially declared affirmative action unconstitutional in the cases Students for Fair Admissions v. Harvard and Students for Fair Admissions v. University of North Carolina. Other than a student incidentally mentioning their race through an application essay, colleges and universities cannot proactively incorporate the applicant's racial and ethnic backgrounds as part of their admissions decisions. The majority said that the 14th Amendment's Equal Protection Clause and Title VI of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 necessitate that entry into higher education be a colorblind process. Since I've already analyzed affirmative action itself in Episode 6, what I will do in this episode is analyze the Supreme Court opinion, both the majority opinion and the dissents. I think this is worthwhile because these affirmative action cases are monumental in a similar fashion to Dobbs last year. However, I will prioritize Justice Jackson's dissent on today's episode because her dissent exemplifies what's so problematic about the far left these days. Furthermore, the current Roberts Court is so committed to constitutional fidelity that we are in an era when the law is clearer than ever about what it is doing. I'll later elaborate on why constitutional fidelity is both a conservative perspective and a liberal's Trojan horse. I would like to start off by saying that the majority opinion was a joy to read. It was clear in its legal logic and simultaneously inspired in its bold intention to enact the 14th Amendment's promise to eliminate racial discrimination in the government. In fact, the majority goes as far as to say that, quote, eliminating racial discrimination means eliminating all of it, end quote. What we need to understand about this case is that the conservative justices are the only ones who actually care about banishing racial discrimination from this country, while the liberal justices support maintaining racial discrimination in college admissions in order to rectify racial inequities. Regardless of which goal is the worthier one, the 14th Amendment doesn't address social inequities, only racial discrimination by the government. This is the fundamental reason why the liberal dissents are constitutionally unsound. The majority makes the very salient points that the university's affirmative action programs are suspect precisely because the racial categories they use are amorphous and ineffectual, their educational goals are vacuous, and their implementations have an indefinite end. For example, why is there no Middle Eastern category? What do you check off on your application if you're Lebanese? It would be strange to check off white due to your fair complexion when you're nothing like an Irish American from Chicago and your Muslim background prevented you from garnering white privilege in this country. Justice Sotomayor's dissent isn't very interesting because other than a lot of history and vague assertions about the appropriateness of Harvard and UNC's affirmative action policies, it doesn't address the crux of the whole lawsuit. Why doesn't Justice Sotomayor talk about the Asian applicants who got rejected from these universities despite having better qualifications than the Black and Hispanic students who got in 
due to affirmative action. One interesting bit of cherry-picking that Justice Sotomayor did is when she brought up California's own state ban of affirmative action in college admissions. While she cites the decrease in Black and Latino enrollment at UC Berkeley, she chose not to mention that Asian students are a disproportionately huge part of the student population. In other words, affirmative action must have been preventing Asian students from being admitted prior to the ban because underqualified Black and Latino students were taking spots in the incoming class. Justice Sotomayor does not justify her prejudice for caring about Black and Latino students over Asian ones. Justice Jackson's dissent summarizes Black Americans' disenfranchisement throughout American history, but what does that have to do with Harvard and UNC's admissions practices? The constitutionality of their admissions practices is about the Constitution, not social history. Every law certainly has a historical context, but such a broad historical context doesn't illuminate what a judge is supposed to do when determining the constitutionality of something. It's fascinating how, for all her talk of history, Justice Jackson completely forgets that this case is being decided in 2023. The America of 2023 is a completely different racial and ethnic landscape. There are plenty of non-Black people in this country who would also be very, very damaged by affirmative action policies that only really help Black and Hispanic students. There are students who are the children of Vietnamese refugees who had to flee during the Vietnam War. There are children of Afghan refugees who had to flee Afghanistan during the past two decades. Why are they being discriminated against in favor of Black and Hispanic applicants? As a futurist, I cannot see why the 14th Amendment has to be applied in such a manner that it advantages Black people when the text doesn't even mention race. It's very telling that the 14th Amendment portends the race-blind future that it envisions for this country. Justice Jackson also seems to think that the 14th Amendment is asking us to create a society that has equality in result, rather than equality in opportunity. There's no historical evidence that even supports this interpretation. Justice Jackson claims that, quote, the only way out of this morass for all of us is to stare at racial disparity unblinkingly and then do what evidence and experts tell us is required to level the playing field and march forward together, collectively striving to achieve true equality for all Americans, end quote. First of all, the so-called experts are not always right, especially when they've drunk the woke Kool-Aid. Second, it's disappointing that Justice Jackson doesn't address the real solution to racial inequities by looking at the evidence herself provide Black and Hispanic children with high-quality primary and secondary educations. Why does no one ever talk about this? This policy solution is something that both conservatives and liberals can get on board with, 
and it allows universities to be race-blind meritocratic institutions. The real reason Black and Hispanic students need affirmative action to get into elite universities is because their prior schooling was substandard. It's clear from Justice Jackson's obsession with Black and white Americans throughout her dissent that she completely missed the point of SFFA's lawsuit. The Asian applicants have been consistently and systematically rejected in favor of Black and Hispanic applicants who had lower objective qualifications. Does she not care about Asians? Even Justice Thomas recognizes that this case is not really about Black people. In fact, here is a quote from her dissent that shows how much she stereotypes racial minorities and consequently demeans their success. Quote, To be sure, while the gaps are stubborn and pernicious, Black people and other minorities have generally been doing better. But those improvements have only been made possible because institutions like UNC have been willing to grapple forthrightly with the burdens of history, end quote. Only been made possible because of institutions like UNC? Are you kidding me? Is she saying that Asian applicants couldn't have been successful in America without the graciousness of race-conscious universities who implemented affirmative action? It's so offensive. It's precisely these two sentences that make me question her sociological understanding of people other than Black and white Americans. Despite the dissent's problems with the majority— the constitutional fidelity that the conservative majority is implementing is quite the Trojan horse for liberals, though the liberals aren't clever enough to appreciate it. Just like with Dobbs, this case makes it look like the conservatives are winning the culture war, but not everything is as it seems. Now that affirmative action in higher education is illegal, liberals, if they choose to do so, should have the political capital to demand better education for Black and Hispanic students at the elementary, middle school, and high school levels. How else can the racial inequities that the liberal justices care about be addressed in the society at large? This is a better time than ever to truly achieve equality and equity. Once again, liberals, the challenge is on, do you really care about Black and Hispanic children? Then help them get AP classes so that they can get college credit when they get into college due to their academic merit, not the color of their skin. Thank you for listening to The Futurist Public Intellectual.